Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Shitman Zhang Show, episode 35. Today's episode, we'll be giving our reactions to the Jake Paul Tyron Woodley boxing match. Uh, give our thoughts on um, you know, how we thought the fight went. Do we agree? Whatever, what's next? And uh, we're gonna be talking also about Yasperi Kokniemi offer sheet, signing off sheet with the Carolina Hurricanes. What's Montreal gonna do? What's Bergevin thinking of doing? We give our thoughts on that as well. But before we get into that, as always, this episode is brought to you by Hot Streak Fantasy, the best in-play fantasy app on the market. Pick two to three players in the MLB while you're watching your favorite teams and watch them make you some money. Hot Streak is matching your initial deposit as a bonus when you use promo code Hot Sauce. So get Hot Street Fantasy app now. We love Hot Street Fantasy. It's a quick and easy way to make uh, some money when betting on your favorite players, like the ad said, and watch them make you some money. So get into that. If you are a big sports gambler, it's a great app. I highly suggest it. But before we get into the episode, Eric, as always, roll it! Welcome back to the Stupid Zang show, uh, show, episode 35, another episode, another week. Uh, this episode, of course, um, we have to talk about Jake Paul versus Tyron Woodley. We're going to talk about, uh, like we said before, Montreal, Yasperi Kalkinami and the Hurricanes. We'll get into that later. But first, Eric, let's break off the Paul versus Woodley boxing fight. It was eight rounds, took place yesterday. Uh, Jake Paul actually came home with the win by split decisions. He had 77-75, uh, one judge in 78 and 74. And I think the other one, Phil Rogers, uh, gave Woodley the win for 77 uh, to 75. Yeah. So let me break it down how it went. A lot of uh, disagreement, you know, Tyron Willie, Jake Paul, who they thought won, people online, whatever. This is how the judges scored. Um the, the, the card, all three judges agreed on just three rounds, the first and second for Jake Paul, and then the fourth for Woodley. All three of them exactly. gave him that. Uh, but Phil Rogers scored the last five rounds for Tyron Woodley. So that's how he got that, uh, that win for, for himself there. But Eric, do you, let's, go, let's start off with it. Do you agree with this decision? You think Jake Paul was the better fighter? Um, overall... I do believe Jake, like when we were watching the fight, if we mm -hmm. didn't like, if we just watched the fight, we didn't listen, we didn't really see what uh, the commentators were saying. We were kind of just watching it. Most of us were like, okay, I think Jake Paul is kind of going to win this fight. Yep. If, if all he does, because the first, okay, to me, the first two rounds he won, the third one, he pretty much won. The fourth one, obviously, he lost. That's pretty, yeah. that, that one was clear. But after that, like, it was pretty, like, it, you could have tossed him up. I don't think no, Tyron. Yeah. I I don't think I I would have given all four uh, last four rounds, rounds. Tyron yeah but yeah but I don't know it was close but uh, and uh, I think Jake Paul won the fight if you look at it Jake Paul won the fight but something that was kind of tricky is a lot of people say that the fourth round should be in, should have been a ten eight because when you have a knockdown yeah so Jake Paul didn't fall but the ropes no, kind of like helped him. him up exactly but that that could have made a difference but. In the end, I, it's it was either a tie or Jake Paul was going to win. But I wonder if he ever got punched like that. I ever I wonder if he's ever gotten punched like that. I wonder too. By uh, you know, he said Tyron Woodley was his toughest opponent, had the toughest yeah. punch he's ever faced, and he did fucking get nailed. Uh, mm -hmm. that one shot, the ropes caught him. He could have gotten knocked down. Who knows what would happen? But anyway, um, yeah, I have to agree. That this is like Jake Paul. I got to give him credit now. You know, before this, mm -hmm. I wasn't giving him credit beforehand. And then he fought a serious contender in Woodley. 
Um, you know, he was able to, obviously, I don't know if it was Woodley or Jake Paul, but he was able to avoid that. Well, not avoid, because he did get hit real hard. But throughout the fight, that mm-hmm. right hook or right hand for Woodley wasn't really a factor. Jake Paul did a good, yeah, I don't know yeah. if he did a good job, you know, because he's technically sound or anything like that. It's either that or Tyron Woodley just didn't have that instinct in him, for, which is weird. It seems like he was backing off, didn't it? Like he couldn't get inside Tyron Woodley. Um, he didn't really use his right hand as much. Didn't really have any combos or anything like that. Jake Paul actually had that one combo he kept doing where he'd go down low and then go up high. Uh, the one, yeah, the one, two, three. And, and it worked a, f- uh, a few times. It was, that was really some of the only combos we saw. After that, it was just jab, jab, separation. It was kind of a boring fight after uh, a oh, while. Yeah. Only eight Fair. rounds. I know. I don't know. You saw fighters on, like, there are a lot of UFC fighters on Twitter and stuff making fun of them. Uh, you know, Kamaru Usman. Uh, I forget who else saying that Nate Diaz, I think, said these guys suck, whatever. Blah, blah, it's blah. Normal it's normal. Even though, yeah, it is normal. Um, but yeah, Tyron Willie obviously is showing that um, striking definitely was a big part of his game yeah. that he needed to work on. Uh, no wrestling in boxing, as we know. So, no, but exactly. Know. This is why. Last week, I was pretty confident when I said Jake Paul has a really good chance of winning. Mm-hmm. I think I said 55 45. Yeah. Like, I'm, to be honest, at the end, I was probably like, Tyron Loke, I don't think he, he could have won, but the split decision is probably the, the right decision. I don't think it was unanimous, but split decision no. is very close fight. So I, I think it's pretty fair if you look at the fight. And uh, something, one of the reasons why I said I don't think Tyron's like going to necessarily beat Jake Paul is because if you look at Tyron's, other than uh, against Vincent Luque, uh, Vincente Luque, okay. um, that Vincente Luque, he started, he, he put pressure on Vincente Luque, but he got rocked. So he yep. did rock Vincente, but he got rocked too. But before that, against Kamaru, against Gilbert Burns and Colby Covington, he, he was backing off. He was backing off. And he basically, other than Colby Covington, like he lost those around, like he went five rounds basically. And lost those rounds by points because he wasn't aggressive enough, and yeah. he just he was looking for that counter and just kept standing back. So and uh, he kept relying on his like kind of mm. rest. He didn't really wrestle, but like that's why I was like, ah, if he doesn't like, st- if he's not aggressive, he's not gonna beat Jake Paul because Jake Paul all he's gotta do is like jab a couple times. He's got the reach on like maybe not, but he's like taller, so. That's why. Oh my God, I don't know. It even in the corners, watch. like they, they they allowed us to hear what the trainers were saying. Yeah. During uh, the not the intermittent the end of the round. Yeah. And Tyron's trainer was literally telling him like, okay, we got to start throwing punches because it's getting late yeah. in the game. And exactly. Tyron really wasn't really getting inside and being exactly. aggressive. He was really waiting for Jake Paul to make yeah. the first move. And I think Jake Paul was waiting for Tyron to make the mm-hmm. first or Tyron to make the was it Tyron or Tyron anyway. Tyron Willie, yeah. Tyron Willie, yeah. Tyron. So they're both waiting for each other to make the first move. And that's what made a very boring fight. Because yeah. mm-hmm. a lot of back and away, a lot of, you know, jab, jab, and then step off. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to see more from Tyron mm-hmm. Woodley. More. Exactly. And I didn't see that. So I don't know what's going on. Listen, at the end of the uh, day, Tyron Woodley didn't, you know, agree with the scorecard. He wants an immediate rematch because the next fight yeah. for Jake Paul's schedule was that Fury fight. Yeah. Um, Fury, uh, what's his first name again? Not Tyson. It's uh, Tommy. Tommy Fury had his own fight. He won too, but he didn't look good. But at apparently, all. he didn't look good at all. Didn't no. uh, apparently people are saying he didn't earn himself that Jake Paul fight. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't good enough. So maybe, you know, Jake Paul did tell Tyron Willie if he gets the tattoo of I love Jake Paul that they'll fight. It's a guarantee they shook on it. Who knows what's going to happen? People are advising Tyron Willie not to get that freaking tattoo. Well, he is rich. He could get it lasered off if he, you know, beats him in the second one. Who knows? But I'd like to see a rematch because I think Woodley would, you know, change his game completely. I think he'd come out mm-hmm. the second time. I think Jake Paul would, you know, kind of still be who he is as a fighter. I think Tyron Willie would work, you know, would, would fix what he needed to work on in that fight. Was just but, but you think so? People think have so. been saying that about Tyron. And he, for some reason, yeah. he just never fixes it. So it's easy to say, right? It's like, oh, fight. But don't forget mm-hmm. the first two rounds. I think Tyron, I don't think he was too aggressive because he, no. if you look at Jake Paul, all he wasn't all aggressive his wins, throughout the fight. Let's just say yeah, that. that's fair. But first two rounds, Jake Paul knocked his opponents out and then Tyron yeah. didn't want to be. So the first two rounds, he was t- kind of taking it easy. That's why he probably lost by points. And then he started picking up maybe a little too late. And then in the fourth, he got that really good shot. But other than that, like he didn't, it was a lot of jabs and like, at least there wasn't like too much clinching because sometimes what happens with boxing is yeah. usually in later rounds there's a lot of clinching. There wasn't too much clinching, which wasn't that bad. No, but it just there wasn't. They were like kind of getting close to each other, one two punches and then backing off. It wasn't like. And yeah. what I found was Jake Paul was investing in the body shots because he, he, he was hitting. He was like he, th- he threw way more, yeah. way more body shots. Yeah, way more body shots, and that that counts in the totals. Yep. total points so um if you want to like hey and jake paul showed that he's got he, he's got some kind of heart he's he's got For the sure. cardio like and he can definitely box um yeah yeah for sure i there was a lot of fighters like obviously no brain there was a lot of fighters that we watched on the undercards and stuff who i thought you know were better oh, yeah. fighters like the, the the love matchup yeah uh, montana love, love montana love versus the um i don't know bat bat no, yeah. Anyway, those guys look better, in my opinion, than these two. Um, I'm pretty sure Monta- didn't Montana Love not say he could knock out either one of these guys? I'm pretty sure he was that fighter, right? In the undercard, he said he'd knock out Jake Paul I'm and Tyron Willie. He didn't care. I'm pretty sure I could be wrong. But um, I don't know. I don't know if Willie was scared to get, you know, if he was going to go for the body shots, that uppercut could have came, you know, and he left himself his chin vulnerable. I don't know if that was in the back of his head all the time, but I just, you know, if you look at the body shots total, Jake Paul had like 26 or something like that. Tyron Willie had like five. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very low. So um, I don't know. He was in ag- as aggressive enough. You know, Jake Paul didn't oh, like, yeah, for sure. he, didn't, he didn't like, su- like, uh, I don't know. He, he definitely did surprise me, Jake Paul, because he yeah. was able to go eight rounds with Tyron Woodley and kind of yeah. like control the pace. So yeah, yeah, you know, that part of this game, his stamina, whatever, being able to go that stretch surprised me. Um, did his fighting like wow me? No, not really, not at all. His his fighting, no. Uh, but I got to give him the credit. And That's so right. we we have no clue who's going to be Paul Jake Paul. Is it going to be Tyron Woodley? Is it going to be the Fury fight? Even though he didn't really impress much, is Jake Paul want that? You know, can he sell that fight? I don't know. I don't but know. If there, but if there's a rematch, you'd watch it again. You, if there was a Woodley Paul, yeah, I'd probably watch yeah. it again. Okay, fair. but I don't think the pay per views are going to do as well because no, no, just because no, 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 the no, no, fight no. wasn't that super entertaining, right? So no, it wasn't that other fight that that the women's fight was uh, Sor- oh, yeah. Sor- 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 Serrano Serrano Mercedes, who, who has like twenty six wins in a row. She, that was a great fight. She's yeah, a great a boxer, great female yeah, boxer. Really. She's very technically sound. Oh yeah, I remember that. that. Was, and her that opponent was, so was pretty good too. She yeah, was like on a six fight win streak, yeah. or, or six t- knockouts. I think she had. 
Uh, anyway, yeah, no, it was a really good fight. I like that fight more than I like this fight. That's I was good. way more into that fight. So Serrano was, uh, she impressed me. I like that's how ne- negligent we are when it comes to boxing. Oh yeah, really. and and Serrano is one of the gr- I I didn't know one her of the greatest yesterday. women's fighter. Yeah, which is kind of, which is kind of crazy that Jake Paul's headlining. Yeah, he's headlining a pay per view, and she has he has one of the best. Like no one knows about her, but. Like he's headlining one of the greatest women's fighters of oh, all yeah, time. Good for Jake crazy. Paul. It was good for him to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, she, yeah, twenty six. I mean, how does that? How does that go unheard? How, how does that go unheard? I should at it's least ten, hear about ten 20, years. Six, ten yeah. years. Ten years. She goes undefeated. That's um, that's that just goes to show how like women's boxing, man. It's or boxing in general. Like, and then you say women's boxing is the, the sadly the sport's just not big enough. Yeah, that's right. And the audience is not big enough. Let alone boxing, their audience is dying, right? Shifting over to the UFC and mixed martial arts. Yeah. Let alone women's too now. Um, it's tough. It sucks because what we saw last night, I'd, I'd love to follow that. I, mm-hmm. I wish I used to. I, I wish I could follow her career beforehand. Ten years and now she's twenty-seven wins in a row. Very impressive stuff. That fight was real good. She, very, you could tell she was very technical sound. Technically sound. Exactly. Technically sound. Uh, body shots, face shots. She just knew exactly where to go. So um, I have no clue. Um, you know, there's still a lot. There's still a lot of more drama we're going to hear over social media. Oh, for sure. A lot of trash talk, probably back and forth. Uh, you know, do you think Tyron Willie should have just taken the L? You think he should have just taken that L? Or you think if he, you know, it could be way more embarrassing if he goes up a second time and loses? No, because to be honest, but like, I wouldn't be surprised. But it could have been a draw. That's what, like, I feel like people are more more seeing as a as a draw because you could see as a draw if, if I guess if the uh, judges give that round the fourth round ten eight, which is pretty fair. It's a draw. Like this fight was basically a draw, but the only thing is there wasn't that much action. It was no. the thing with Tyrone is you could tell when you we were watching the fight. You're like, okay, there's a big size uh, difference. Right? Yeah. You could, t- but if you think about it, they only have three inches difference, and the reach is basically the same. But yep. you could. When we were watching, like it, it felt like it, it was so hard for Tyron to get to close. Get inside, yeah, and getting close to get inside, right. and he just had his hands up like that, it, it, and he was he was he was uh, he was like biting on all the fakes, and I don't know, it was it was so weird to watch. But, yeah, it wasn't. Um, you know, I just recently watched UFC, so I have not watched Tyron Woodley's mm-hmm. UFC fights, and I know he's a big wrestler, and that's a big part of his game, and striking's not really so, uh, but still. You know, like he's been doing this for 20 years and he looked like, mm-hmm. like, like you were saying, he was biting. The fakes got him real good. Um, he really didn't utilize his right hand or anything like that, which is mm-hmm. his biggest thing in, when, in, in the striking. And he didn't really use it. He only used it once where he got him, he clipped him, but that was it. You know, mm-hmm. but Jake, I have to, like Jake Paul, I have to agree with that at the end of the fight. Yeah, sure, Tyron got one punch on him, right? But he didn't control the fight. Exactly. Which Jake Paul was able to do. And it was easy, you know, because Woodley was just, I don't know, he was hesitant. He was waiting for Jake Paul to do make the first move. And I'm pretty sure Jake Paul's trainers were saying, listen, man, just, just keep the pace going. We got this in the bag and we'll just, you know, if he doesn't do anything, we'll take the the, the split decision or whatever. Yeah. Or the. So I don't know. It just didn't impress me. Jake Paul, give Jake Paul credit. I'll give him credit. You know, yeah. he surprised me. I'll give him more credit in the next fight. Um, you know, his fighting didn't wow me and Tyron Woolley's fighting surprised me. I didn't think it was going to be that bad. So I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully there's a rematch, but you know, if Tyron Woolley is 
loses it, you know, that might, that's his career in a bag. That's it. 40, 40 exactly. years old. You'll never hear from Tyrone Woodley again. Okay. Well, yeah, it's pretty fair. He's 40. Like. <laughs> but is that the way he wants to go out? Oh, and six and two of them are from Jake Paul. Okay. But let's be honest. He made, you honest, he made so much money from this. Fight. Oh my God. Yeah. So I don't think he'd be too pissed about it. And um, I don't know. It's crazy. Cause when I was, when I predicted this fight, it was like um, on paper, it's as you were saying before, it, was, it sounded like, Oh, you have five-time UFC champion, yep. Tyron Woodley, going up against Jake Paul, the YouTuber, the Disney star. But if you break it down, Jake Paul has been boxing for three years straight, every day, basically every day. So that's all he does. He just boxes every day. So he's been boxing every day, and he's, he's sparring like champions. Every, he's sparring all kinds of people. Mm-hmm. You got Tyron Woodley, who's uh, 39 years old, and he – well, he – like he's not a striker, but he he has a good right hand. He he's thirty nine, and um, it, if you watch his fights, you you could tell like oh he, he's not that aggressive. But sometimes he can rock it. But that was like three years ago. That's yeah. his last win three years ago, right? So when you put that together, and you see that Jake Paul is the one that decided to have Tyron. Like Jake Paul is not stupid. He's not going to pick Tyron Woodley, knowing that he's going to lose, right? So. Mm-hmm. You know, Jake Paul's like, like, like he's he's an A side, so he 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 chose his opponent. He, he chose where he wanted the venue. Like he chose everything. So, I when I went into that, I'm like, there's no way Jake Paul's losing. Knows that he's like he, he's not losing this fight. Like he there's like show times all over him. Like they want him to win too. So there's no way he's losing the fight, and that's probably how it's gonna be for the the future too. It's like he's gonna he's gonna be precise with his picks. Like he's gonna want like a pretty challenging fight, but he knows what he's doing, you know. So, so most. So, uh, what that's are you trying what, to say? Is it Jake Paul Francis and Ganyu next, or what? Yeah, so, end it all. Not, like just settle it right there. Francis just boom, boom, ends it. Boom. We'll never hear from Jake Paul again. I think that has to be it, right? Yeah, no, but that's and if Jake that's Paul what, wins, he can be the UFC. He can be the new heavyweight champion of the world. Imagine. No, but that's what belt. Mayweather did too. It's people. People will pay for people that don't like you will pay for the fight to see you lose. Yep. But you'll prove them wrong, and then every yep. time they'll they'll keep it. That yep. that's what Mayweather did for years, and that's why he's so rich. So mm-hmm. I'm sure Vegas loves it too. Oh yeah, for Jake sure. Paul. Oh, I don't know. It's gonna. I don't know who's next. Um, it's either Woodley or Fury, or if exactly. someone Jake Paul has you know is KSI. Who knows when that's happening? COVID's done. KSI said. Uh, once the arenas and the you know stuff starts opening back up, then we'll get it going. Well, guess what? That's literally happening now. We're, yeah, getting, we're getting back to normal life. So, but but he has like music and stuff, which is kind of weird. Yeah, I know. But is is KSI not big enough for Jake Paul anymore? You think? Is well, Jake Paul yeah, looking no, at KSI? Jake Paul uh, fight? Yeah. Can no. sell? I think they could sell. They could sell, but KSI wouldn't do it because he's smart. He hasn't been boxing. He hasn't boxed in two years. Jake really? Paul's been bo- Jake Paul's back been- out. You think he back out? I don't know. He he he, he wouldn't fight him. him. Yeah, no, no. He he he. Case I'd probably want one fight before before fight. Like the, it it'd be dumb for Case I to do that. I he mean, knows yeah. he's gonna he knows he's gonna lose because he you can't just you have know, to yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you have to fight like Jake like, Paul looks uh, way better than Case I exactly. did. What against exactly. Logan? Oh yeah, for sure. And um, oh, was like, but some a name that people have been throwing out there is like do. We, can Connor even beat Jake Paul? Like I, Connor McGregor. Do. That's what I'm saying. Like, do you think Connor can okay, beat whoa, Jake Paul? Right now? Yes, because Connor McGregor has striking. He his the biggest part of his game in no, the UFC no. is striking. No, but but I'm saying like, look at the weight. Like Connor walks. Uh, he 
He's, he's, I think he's, he might be what's a bit weight? shorter. Than... What's uh, Jake Paul's weight? What do they weigh in at? So they, they, they weighed in at 190. Connor fought at 145, yeah, 150, but he walks around at 169 around. So he's around my, like, he's lighter than, like, Connor's five foot nine. So he's same height as Tyron, but he, he walks around way lighter. Obviously, he has a striking, but he walks around way light. He, he probably walks around 20, I'd say 25 pounds lighter than Tyron. So you're saying Connor McGregor wouldn't be able to put up that weight? He no, he could, but like, but yeah, it's he, a big commitment. He, he wouldn't but, go up to uh, one ninety. No, I don't know. I mean, you really think Jake Paul? Like, you really think Jake Paul has a good chance of being Connor? I have no. Probably, obviously, Connor is a very good striker. Like, if Connor went up to like one, you know, seventy-five, you know, one eighty. If they fought about, like yeah, that. that's what I'm saying. I'd probably take Connor. In that does he fight, have to make the? He has to cut the weight. He's got to make the weight though, right? They can't just have a separate weight classes. No, no, and no, then, no, exactly, exactly. No, it's not like the oh. the Floyd Logan Paul fight. They did that, but that's an exhibition, right? Yeah. But for yeah, if if they did fight, it'd probably be around like 180, 180. So yeah, he would have to cut weight, uh, Jake, and then Connor. Yeah, I'm taking Connor one hundred percent. No, no, yeah, but it, it, the fact that it's even in question is kind of crazy because Tyron is like he he's probably in in UFC. He's probably uh, considered better than. Uh, uh, Conor McGregor, like during he's Ty- Tyrone has done way more well in terms really? of winning and everything than Conor McGregor might. But he's a he is defended his belt yeah. five. He defended belt his five belt times. five times. Okay. Well, yeah. Con- if, Conor, that's Conor, Conor obviously, that's all you have to Conor, say. Yeah, Conor obviously is a two-time two-time division. Two-time, yeah, yeah, but but he still, never defended his belt a single never, time. Never. And he's lost. He's been he's been on a losing streak too. So. I don't know. That's why people I, think well, obviously Connor's a better striker than Tyrone for sure. But I don't even know what's equal. next for Connor in the UFC. Nothing's been said. No, because it, it'd be hard for him to do the Dustin fight. Because what happens if They're Dustin not beats doing Charles a Dustin Ald- fight? They're not doing a Dustin fight. No, but look, what happens if Dustin beats Charles uh, Oliveira? Charles Oliveira? Dustin's he, he he's not thinking about Connor. He doesn't want to fight Connor. Like he's a champ right now, so he's not gonna. I also don't think Con- he's sticking around the sport uh, long. Yeah. If he wins, right? Didn't he say one of his biggest goals is to become the UFC champion? That's it. Yeah, but and I heard my... he wants to go up to 170 to fight Kamaru, maybe. So that'd be. Oh yeah, stop. A... He said that. Yeah, no, because you know Dustin's a big 155er, right? He he walked. He usually fights around 180. One... So he I... wants to go lightweight, become the champ, maybe defend his title once or twice, and then wants a yeah. super fight against Kamaru Usman. Yeah, that's that's, that's like that's down the line. That is, yeah, I know. I know. Why, why are we talking years, about UFC right now? I thought years. we were talking about boxing. I don't know because the UFC is just way better than boxing. I cannot I watch know. it sitting there watching know, boxing know, after watching UFC. You can't like first of all 10, 10 rounds. Yeah, it's two minutes. Usually it's three minutes, which by the way makes a huge difference in boxing. Three and two yeah. minutes. But yeah, it was a twenty minute fight, but it felt like forever because these guys are, you know, boxing. It's like yeah, but. You, it's so technical boxing, you know? Yeah. It, it, you you got to, you know, be able to read what he's thinking. You got to be able to pick your spots because if not, then, you know, if you get clipped once, that could be it. Whereas in the UFC, it's just so much more aggressive. Well, UFC, you get clipped once, you're even more like... No, I know that, but it's more like, you know, kicks are getting thrown yeah. and stuff like that. And yeah, takedowns and stuff like that. You you see more different stuff and it... it it's more it's, exciting. It's, yeah, at the all, bottom all line. for sure, for sure. Like I don't know how people like Joe Rogan used to argue UFC against the boxing guys back in the day. 
I don't know how you can argue at this time. I don't know how you'd really have to get a big boxing fan from the day to, to argue because I don't know how you can argue those two sports. Yeah, because boxing, boxing to UFC is like UFC is like the, the biggest bo- big boys game. And then boxing is like like elementary school. I mean, for Christ's sake, like, Jake Paul is going to be one of your biggest stars in the sport. Like no joke. Yeah. I don't even know who the top boxers are. So it, right right now it's C- Canelo's been owning the boxing stage, like, but there's what's his name that I like, um, who's undefeated, Ryan Garcia. Ryan Garcia, yeah, yeah, but he played. He, he's not a heavyweight. He's in a lighter division, no. right? So he's very. He fights at like one thirty five. Yeah, so you know you have Canelo, who's who's like Canelo, Deontay Wilder, on Anthony Joshua, Anthony Joshua, and, and Tom, uh, Tyson Fury. Those are the big names. Yeah. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's like, you know, it's good for the sport, but it's kind of embarrassing that, you know, oh, yeah, let's keep Jake Paul as our, like, oh, yeah, he's our, one of our biggest stars uh, when it comes to pay-per-view. Anyway, the Paul the Paul brothers, you know, making their mark. Well, anyway, sure. we'll see what happens next with Trash Talk Online. We'll get a more definitive idea of what's going to happen, what's Jake Paul's plans. He might flip-flop and say, listen, I don't want to fight this bum again. You know, I deserve someone better. Who knows? Nothing set in stone. So uh, we'll see what happens then uh, in the future. But we have to move on because uh, we have a big topic to talk about here. Big, oh, big, topic. big topic. As we know, the NHL is over. Signings, free agency stuff is over. But uh, there's still a lot of RFAs available. Speaking of RFA, Jesper Kakniemi is one of them for the Montreal Canadiens. Eric, he, as a lot of people know already, has been accepted an offer sheet by the Carolina Hurricanes for a one-year, $6.1 million uh, deal with, can't forget, $20 signing bonus, of course. So petty, though. So petty. If people don't know, 20 is Sebastian Alvo's number. If people don't know what I'm talking about, a couple years ago, I'd say, well, a couple years ago. Two, 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 two. Uh, Montreal did the same thing with Sebastian Ajo. They signed him to a eight year, seven year, eight point eight million dollar yeah. uh, AV, twenty million dollar signing bonus in the first few years, uh, which kind of like Carolina hated that they had to pay him that. But um, he accepted. Carolina matched. Whatever. I guess Carolina got salty. And then they see an opportunity. And then apparently this was motivated a lot by the owner. I forget who his name was. And not the GM. The owner wanted really to do this. And whatever it happened, it's now freaking Mark Bergeron has a big decision come Saturday. I think it's Saturday. If he wants to retain or, yeah, if he wants to match the offer to keep Kakanyemi or if he takes the compensation, Kakanyemi leaves. All right, so let me break it down. It's Barry Kakanyemi has signed an offer, 6.1 a year. If Montreal matches his offer sheet then he's on the books for their team for one year 6.1 million dollars so you know he eats up your cap for the year whatever shea weber is going to be on ltir they have the cap for it um here's the thing though next year when kakanyemi's still an rfa his minimum qualifying offer will be 6.1 million that's the minimum you can qualify him but that's on a one-year deal however this is where people get confused if they try and reach contract extension then you could sign him to whatever you want that's the difference if you sign his one year qualifying offer will be 6.1 minimum yeah if you sign him to one year next year that's it so you know as your spare cockney has already banked in the 6.1 million and that now is his new 
qualifying offer at the age of, well, it'll be 22. Yeah. But most likely they'll try and get it in a contract negotiation and you could sign them to whatever you want. So that's probably going to be the plan. Or Montreal can say, listen, yes, Barry Kakanyemi, yeah, you got scratched in the playoffs. We tried, apparently they tried to ship him off. They tried to trade him this summer. Apparently oh, yeah. Carolina, apparently Carolina tried to trade for him. But I call that BS because if they really wanted Kakanyemi, they would have given him a real offer. Uh, RFA, they probably would have given him four years, five and a half or something like that. Or five, I don't know. But instead, they did this troll offer, which everyone knows is a troll offer. They're not serious. They know what they're oh, doing. You see, you see their page, the Twitter page, uh, everything. The, Twitter. They made fun of the Canadians. Something yeah. they said it in French. The GM said the exact same thing as Bergeron said two yeah. years ago about Aho. So obviously, it's a troll offer. But now it's like, you know, it's a serious thing. Does Montreal take the compensation, which is a first and a third? And try and make a deal for another center because, you know, they're going to have to trade for a center if they lose Kakanyemi. Yeah. Their center core is very thin with Suzuki. Only Suzuki now. Dano left. If Kakanyemi leaves, you have Suzuki, question mark, second line center. Jake Evans, I guess, is your third line center. Yeah. And then, you know, Jonathan Drouin wants to play center apparently now this season. He wants to come back, play center. So who knows if he gets to play center. Uh, you have Ryan Paling, who's going to try and make his his mark at training camp, try and get a spot on this team. So who knows? But they're still thin. That's very thin. Paling, Evans, <laughs> Suzuki, Truway as their centers. That is thin. So, um, <laughs> my thoughts, my thoughts. What do I think? What, what do, do I think? think if I'm the GM of the Montreal Canadiens? Well, thank God I'm not. It's not my job. I don't get paid the six figures to do that. This is what they're going to have to do. Mark Bergeron, Trevor Timmons, head scout. They're going to sit down in their office with all the other scouts. They're going to go around the table one by one. They're going to point to the scout, yes or no. Yes or no. And then they're going to get the last say. Basically, the scouts have to predict Kock and Yemi's upside here from the future. Yeah. Um, for me, when I look at Kock and Yemi, what do, I, what, what do I see? What do I need to improve on? It's not even a question about getting more points next season, Eric. It's not even that. Yeah. It's a question about his size. Can you put on muscle in the foreseeable future? Because he hasn't really been able to. Yeah. Uh, his skating, can he get better? Because his skating is kind of average. His release, can it get quicker? Because he has a great shot, but his release is very slow. So there's still a lot of questions about you know the fundamentals of his game. Yeah. Can they, you know, he's only 21. He was thrown into the doghouse at 18. Remember, he started playing for the Canadians. Was that a bad idea? You know, who knows? Uh, because he's not scaring defenders off. He's not backing them up when he has the puck in the, in the neutral zone, when he's rushing into their zone, like Suzuki does really well, backs a defender up. He doesn't do that. You know, he takes the puck, tries to make a move, gets his he gets poke checked, whatever, doesn't take the puck to the net because he's a tall guy, and if he had size, he'd be able to do this. Yeah. Doesn't really do it. Um, which is could be a huge aspect of his game if he were to work on it. Doesn't really do that either. So, though the question is, he's still 21. If you match it, it's only 6.1 on the books. But you know, then this it's this question of do we really need do we really want this guy or do we like is the first and third more valuable than him? I don't know. I'm looking at a trade candidate. Christian Dvorak's name has been mentioned now a lot. It's surfacing a lot. Um, Arizona apparently is willing to trade Dvorak. They they want picks now. You know, Arizona's in a shithole right now. They might leave Arizona, literally. Go find a new team. They might be in another rebuild. It seems like they're headed there. 
So, um, yeah, they could easily trade Christian Dvorak, who's still 25 years old, Eric. He has a four-year contract, with, which is an AAV of $4.45 million a year. So that could be a guy, I think his highest point total okay. is like 30-something points. He had he had 18 goals one season. He could play in Montreal at center, second line. I could see him as the replacement. He's apparently a good 200-foot player too. So okay, but sh- sh- I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the analysis from a non like I'm I'm, I'm a Montreal fan, but not, it's not my number one team. So obviously I'm not gonna say you're biased, but you do have different views than me, right? Yeah. So this is how I see it. First of all, um, everyone knew two years ago when you know you know when uh, Bergeron was offer shooting everyone like all oh. line like obviously it pissed a lot of people off, right? But we only offer sheet at one. One was it not line? Did you guys not offer sheet no. line it too? No, 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 no. Okay, we so it's all just all, yeah. just all. It was just all hope. But yo, you don't usually offer sheet people. Like, it's pretty rare to get offer. Like, okay, let me stop you there for a second. Why? No, like, I hate that. I hate that. No, why? Is, it, it, why are offer sheets like take it out? If don't make it a rule if it's gonna piss people off. You know, it's a part no, of the no. fucking game. No, yeah, no. You you, you can say that, but it, it, it but it always does because it's like I know, and I hate you that. have an RFA and. You're just, ma- you're just making it more complicated for the GM to sign Exactly. Someone. Exactly. If you're in a okay, tight I'll- cap situation like Tampa, people should have fucking gone out and offered sheet a Brady okay, point. Okay, okay, like okay. That. That, that's fair. You can say that. Take you say, I of a team's okay, cap you take situation. advantage. And then after um, Carolina's there, like, yeah. okay, well, you don't care about me, my feelings. So now I'm, I'm not going to care about your feelings. I mm-hmm. fuck you. I'm, I want to cut Miami. Yeah. Let me give him fucking one million, uh, one year, 6.1, which is clearly. fucking ridiculous. He should be making over four. That's what, that's what I was saying. He should make over four. Like, so that's the joke. Yeah, that, that would probably. Yeah, no, obviously. But for if you look at it from Carolina, like six point one one year for them really isn't like for like they'll, they'll, they'll take that. Like they don't. They, they also they, lost they a lot in free agency. Exactly. So they'll, they'll take a center. They'll take a very young center because don't forget, right now he's twenty one years old. Yeah. And um, as you were saying before, oh, what's he got to improve on? All that stuff. He's a he's. As a, for a center, right now he's a good uh, number two center. He's great defensively. Mm. Look at his upside. Okay, look at his. Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. He's, not, he's nothing close to a number two center. Okay, wait, wait. Look, look, look. Don't forget. He's going to go. This is what? Fifth, fourth, fourth year now? It's going to be his fourth, yeah. Fourth year now. He's good defensively, right? That's fair. Yeah. Um. No, yeah. When, when you look at size, I, I remember you were like, oh my God, Cognini put on 20 pounds. He he has to put on more weight. We we all yeah. know that, but that's something like he's don't forget he's only twenty one. He can still put on weight. Yeah. Um. When I look at Kanyemi, he, he just look like he looks so lanky. Like he, the way he plays, it, like all like it just looks like like I don't know. He, it just looks like he's like not like like you know like Nick Trombley yeah, kind I know of what plays you mean. like I know what you mean. so like lanky and yeah yeah. It, it, it's it's just like a weird way. Like no diss Nick Trombley. I hope you're not watching. <laughs> But it's just the way he plays. It's not. It, it doesn't like. It, I I don't want to put it into words. It doesn't but have good doesn't control. Look, over the yeah, it doesn't have good control. But hey, he scores goals. If you look at his numbers in the playoffs, yeah, four what, goals. Five, yeah, in the playoffs. Well, he, yeah, five goals this this playoff. Four last the last yeah, one. But it, you know he was great against Toronto. I mean, he booked us a ticket to Game Seven against exactly, Toronto. Yeah, but no, there's no. There's a reason why he got scratched in the cup finals because he turned, he went back to his old ways. Yes, yes, yes. And you can't afford that. 
Yeah, but okay. So Montreal should see that it is. You don't see as okay this year six point. It's not this year six point one, right? It's mm-hmm. is he worth six point one? And then like is he worth keeping in our system, right? So do we do we see Kognemi as probably our number two center in the future? Probably fifty point guy, two way guy. Do we see him as that upside, right? I'm not gonna lie. I I want to say no, right? Because yeah. I, I don't, to be honest, I don't, I don't see it. Like, I, I don't think he's worth, like, it's hard. It's so hard to say because I, I, I've never really liked KK that much. So maybe I'm biased on that side. So yeah. I, I'd personally say no. I don't okay. think, I think he's worth the first and the third. I don't think Montreal so should. You, you don't sign. match. I, I wouldn't match. Yeah. I feel like, um, I'm but I, it's hard to say though. I don't know. I don't know. Like Christian Dvorak's young. He's twenty five. I know. I know. I, he's a good like player. Mm-hmm. Um, but Kakiemi's just—he's so young that he has uh, this question mark on his potential on what kind mm-hmm. of player he can become. And uh, but, but yeah. you think he can get fifty? You think he can be 50, 50 points? Good two way player. I number know, one center. Uh, number right, two right, center. Right now, you 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 tell me he's a second line center right now. He's not. No, he's, no, he's no. When, when I said that, it was like. Like he's not a second line center. If they go into the season with him, if they match and go into the no, but that's what I'm saying. Like this year, center, he he's gonna play second line center this year if he if they sign him. Like he's playing. If you're signing him to six point one, like who else is going center? Uh, I don't know. Uh, they could find like you got guys like I don't know like Cedric Paquette. He's a center, right? Who knows, man? You're throwing if he, Cedric. If he's playing a better game than Kakinyambi, why not? He could be. You could play a better game than Kakinyambi. You don't know, but. Um, they're very thin on center. Even with Kakanyemi signed, they're very thin at center. But don't forget, do you remember when, when they drafted Kakanyemi in, what, 2018? Yeah, Third reached, overall. Reached. They reached. 11. But you know what? Because they wanted a center, right? I know. And you don't now pick, you got that. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You never you pick for position in the top, position. You always top five. Up, yeah. They reached for Kakanyemi. Right, okay, maybe they, they could have probably moved back. Whatever. Missed. Yeah, traded down. But now you have that center. You have the center. No, and he played right away. Don't forget, he, he already has three years of NHL experience, which is fuck was very, very rare for a for, yeah. yeah, for a 21 year old. Still one of the youngest players yeah. in the NHL like who, who plays, right? He's yeah. 21. So 6.1, is it worth do you see him as like is in a couple of years he might be worth like eight million? I don't know. Like, what's but the big deal? I don't see it. You, you know? know, like it's one year, they have the cap, whatever. He's making six point one, sure. But next year, he's not going to make that if they yeah. sign him to a contract extension. No one's going to sign him to that. No matter, mm-hmm. like, if it's not Montreal, no one's signing him. Mm-hmm. First of all, they're not going to sign his qualifying offer. Mm-hmm. So they're going to give him a contract extension, yeah. right? And no team's going to give him that. I'm hearing, I'm listening to TSN 690. I'm hearing people telling me, oh, there's other NHL executives and GMs in the league saying the guy shouldn't, you know, shouldn't get over four. Nowhere near to 6.1. Like, what's but his net? Like, who knows what happens this year? If he has the same year as usual, he's going to go into free agency. He's going to have to sign with Montreal, right? There's no way That's a fair. team is going to overpay for Kakanyemi. If so, then you, okay, whatever. Ciao, you know, thanks for the four years, but I'm not signing you exactly. $5 million or whatever for four years. No, if but you score four goals for me. If you look at it, like KK got lucky. Like if, if, if uh, Carolina didn't jump in, he was probably going to sign like a bridge deal or something, something like a two years. Like, yeah. Montreal still they they st- they're still, still unsure about KK, well, you know. Yeah, well, this is where my next like who who do we blame? Who's to blame? Is it Mark think... Bergevin? 
I think it's Carolina. Hawk and Yemi is a Carolina, the owner, whatever. So let me look, break it down. You have the Asperic Hawk and Yemi, who people are blaming, you know, oh, how could you do this to our team? Oh, no, no, no. That, no, you, I'm all, si- you got to right sign Yeah, you're signing that. Asperic Hawk and Yemi was scratched during the playoffs. Yeah. Had a huge question mark with yeah. the Montreal Canadiens, what his future was like. Yeah. Uh, was pretty pissed in his exit uh, interview at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. He was kind of pissed off that he got scratched and feel like he deserved it, whatever. So he had a huge question mark. And then you get this opportunity uh, given to you where you're 21 years old. You've had a subpar NHL career so yeah. far, and some guy's throwing $6 million at you. And that guarantees your qualifying offer for the yeah. next year. How many 21 year olds in the NHL say, oh, yeah, yeah. Really? I, you know, besides McDavid when he signed his yeah. big and all the oh, superstars? No brainer, yeah. All the super- Take a guy like Hockenyemi, take, take another 21-year-old who's had his point yeah. production and tell me what they're making, okay? Because it's not yeah. $6 million, I'll tell exactly. you that. So, yeah, no, no Hockenyemi, this, is, take, a, this yeah. is an opportunity. I'm not going to blame him. Oh, uh, you know, people call him, you know, how could you sign this joke of a oh, contract? No, 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 no. It's, I have to blame, you know, Mark Bergevin. Oh, yeah? Well, listen... You're, you're telling me you couldn't get a deal done in, in, in the contract negotiation time? That's fair. That's you're telling fair, me you couldn't fair. get a deal. You couldn't get this guy locked up or something? Were that's you fair. shopping him? I don't know. If you were shopping him, could you have gotten a deal done? Because if I'm KK's agent, right? Hmm. I'm telling KK in his ear, I'm like, listen, don't sign a contract extension, whatever. You know, Let's wait till free agency because you know who knows? who's going to come after you or, or offer sheets, stuff like that. There had to be some guy in KK's ear telling him this because it did make sense. If they weren't going to get a deal, there was a lot of question marks surrounding KK and a lot of GMs, I think like Carolina, were going to, you know, jump on that opportunity to throw him an offer sheet and like get, you know, throw the ball into Montreal's court and be like, listen, this is up to you now. Do you want him or not? Cause I'm going to take him for the one year or whatever. And then I'll try and negotiate a contract extension with a young 22 year old center. So I don't know who's fault. Yeah, you could say the Carolina freaking owner was petty and shit like that. And, you know, this one year, 6.1, if they were serious, they could have given him a serious offer. But I don't know, Mark Bergevin, like, you know, you're playing fire with fire. Yeah, you scratch him or you and the coach decide, let's scratch him, whatever. That's basically like saying a big fuck you to you, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I guess the scratching makes sense, but you have to look at it through KK's perspective. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, now he's in the contract negotiations and Bergevin, I don't know, apparently Hockenheim being shopped around and stuff like that. And who knows what he's hearing during the season or the so offseason. Obviously, he's not going to be loyal to Montreal. Like, yeah, so like he, he was, I'm hearing rumors that he was being shopped, that Carolina was trying to trade for him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I'm not getting any confirmations, but apparently, you know, his name was getting swirled around the league. So mm-hmm. if you're KK, you're like, okay, whatever, fuck. All right. Then I'm going to go sign $6 million and you can figure it out and I'll do me and you do you. Exactly. So I can't blame KK. Mark Bergevin has got to be prime. You know, it's got he's got to be like he's having a terrible <sighs> off season this year. Mark Bergevin, terrible, yeah. terrible off season um, so far. You know, with David Savard and you know, get Cedric Pocket and Matthew Perot and uh, you know, Mike Hoffman's a great. Mike player. Hoffman was a good one. Yeah, but like now this team is like I don't know. He he, he needs to fix this off season coming up. He needs to figure out his plan because if you don't match this then you better have a trade in your back pocket ready to go right away. Yeah. Right away. Mm-hmm. Like, if they don't match this, I guarantee you that first round pick that they get from Carolina is getting sent to another team 
that first and third is getting packaged to another team for a player, for a center. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if it's Christian Vorak. I don't know what that trade would look like, but if you don't match this, you better have a freaking trade in your back pocket because your centered core is horrible and it's exactly. not going to be good enough to make, to get you to the playoffs next year. If you go into the Atlantic, one of the, probably the toughest division in the oh, league yeah. with that center core of Jonathan Drew playing fucking goddamn center. Cause he tried that and it was God awful. And yeah. they said, no, 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 you're going to play winger now for the rest of your career. Okay, Jonathan. And that was that. Now he wants to go back to center because, yeah, look, he's, he's an season opportunity. Oh, I could play center now because we're a bit fit, whatever. Whatever. I don't want that. I don't want Jonathan Drouin playing center. That's fair. You know? What's wrong with Jonathan Drouin, too? Let's talk about KK. Talk about that yeah. guy. That's another just big fucking question mark. Only reason he's still on the team is because he signed to a con- contract extension. He's in the same goddamn boat as KK when it comes to the, this topic, right? What's going on with his game? What's going on with this player? What's going on? I don't know. It's uh, it's starting to get crazy because remember, everyone's always like, oh, like Montreal's like they're kind of the, they had the quick rebuild, right? And one of the reason was because of Caulfield, Suzuki, Suzuki yeah, and yeah, and Kognemi was part of that young future, uh, young future, right? So yep. now, if you lose Kognemi, like. Because don't forget, he's 21. I don't think yeah. people understand how young 21 is in the NHL, and you already have three years of experience. I know. Like, that's why when people are like, whatever, I'm taking the first and third, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa relax. Like, oh, he's 21. Like, I don't know. Give the, like, I say match it because we can get the year and, and try and some, see what his year is, and then yeah, sign him to a fucking contract extension where he makes nowhere near $4 million, whatever. Two, like, we, we, yeah, we can say, well, we like, I, I personally, if I was the gym, I probably would. I, I don't know if I would. You, I feel like you would, but if, what do you think, Mark? What, what's your predi- prediction that Mark Berger, Bergeron is going to do? Like, what I'm do you think hearing, he's going to do? You know, Eric Engels, who's very close to the team, uh, mm-hmm. reporter, he's saying that, you know, he's getting feeling that Mark Bergeron is leaning towards not matching it. Oh, yeah. A lot of people close to Cock and Yemi believe that he played his last game in Montreal already. This is Montreal, man. This is like, I don't know, it's a big business. If Mark Bergeron is getting a first round pick, he loves his first rounders, that guy, he salivates over them. And then are we finally going to see Mark Bergeron trade a first-round pick as the GM of the Montreal Canadiens? Because he's never done that before, traded a first-round pick. Now when he has two, he's got to have a trade in his back pocket. That first-round pick's going to get a center. Uh, or if you say, listen, fuck this. Oh, but it's so difficult because, you know, Carolina's looking like they're going to miss the playoffs this season in the Metro after their, the offseason they had, one of the, one of the yeah. worst offseasons I've seen. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they're thinking. tandem is completely new. Uh, yeah. They lost Warren Fogle. They have Ethan Bear now, who was a huge question mark in Edmonton. Uh, and, you know, Carolina, who's a team that relies heavily on their defense. I don't know. It's, it's, it's weird. Now yeah, what happened to that defense? Remember a couple of years ago, it was like one of the best, un- most underrated defense. Now it's yeah, like, because there's so, sl- yeah. so many, had so many prospects, but now like Hayden Fleury's gone, right? Where is he? Yeah. It's Seattle, I think. Yeah, yeah he's Seattle. Um, yeah. So that's a, one of their young guys gone. Now it's Brett Pesci, who's getting, no, not getting any younger. Dougie Hamilton's gone. So it's Brett Pesci. That- uh, and don't forget, they had Edmondson too, who was pretty decent. Decor. I'm forgetting their whole decor. Brett Pesci, not Jake Garner, right? Uh, oh, I don't know if Jake Garner is still there. I don't know if he's still there. Hurricane line lines. Uh, I'm blanking right now on their decor. Let me look it up. So it's Jacob Slavin, Brett Pesci. Jacob Slavin, yeah. who's playing second. So he gets first. Like yeah. Brady Shea, Tony yeah, D'Angelo, Brady. who they signed. Oh, the so you got the New York Rangers. You got the, New York, you got the okay. racist. 
on your team. And then you have <laughs> yeah, Ian yeah. Cole and Ethan Bear. So they totally revamped their D D core. That's weird. It's gone worse than it was last year. Okay. They have Josh Levo, Steven Lorenz, and Jordan Marnook as their fourth line. Jesper Foss is their third line winger now because they lost Warren Fogel. So big downgrade in their third line right winger. Ryan Suzuki's looking to crack the team. Nick Suzuki's brother. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Martin Neckas, Vincent Trocek, Nino Niederreiter. That was a good line. Yeah. Teravina, Sebastian Alo, Shvechnikov, that's yeah. their first line. But their team hat, and then, you know, question marks about their goalie, Frederick Anderson and Antti Ranta, I think it is. So their team has completely changed. It's gone worse, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. And they're, they're in a tough Metro division, too. Yeah. So it's just Burns fan, keep the pick and like, I'll, I'll have two lottery picks. I don't think we're making the playoffs, whatever. Who cares about price? He's getting any older, whatever. I don't know. So uh, I say match it, and then, you know, you work from there. You work from that, then you you know you have years to to see his output. If you have to sign him to a bridge at a low term to see if, you know to get things going, I don't know. You do it, or you get Christian Dvorak, or you get somebody. Dvorak, huh? I like Dvorak, or you get somebody else. You better have a trade in your back pocket, and that guy better be young too. It better be a goddamn hockey trade where this guy's like 24, 25, You know, still, yeah. I don't want some guy in his thirties, early thirties. I want a guy who's still in his early mid twenties, 24, 25, 26, You know, something like that. 23 you know so that's that's my opinion if he, they don't match but i i i, I don't know he's freaking i can't trust the, the nhl's i can't trust anyone anymore I, I i in my gut i'm thinking they're matching it that's my gut saying but i don't know bergeron is a crazy motherfucker man he might just say screw it your problem now i'll take the first and third because he loves his picks but oh, i don't know that's my gut feeling i say they match that's my gut feeling Okay. Could be wrong though. I could be totally dead wrong. Eric Angle's scaring me. I don't know. Yeah, I think they're gonna match too. I don't know. We'll see though. That's coming Saturday, so you'll we'll know, know by next Wednesday. That's crazy. Uh, we'll talk about that for sure. And um, if you know, we'll have a lot to talk about if they don't match. A lot of question yeah. marks surrounding that. So uh, stay tuned for that. But uh, this has been another episode of the Shibin Zang Show. Uh, 35 next week, 36. So thanks again for watching on YouTube or listening to us on Spotify. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking about this. Hopefully next week, as always, Jack Eichel gets traded. I'll put it out there every week. He has gone <laughs> traded this time. Who knows next week? Pat Brisson, big, big Montreal guy. Big, big, represents a lot of Montreal Canadiens. Huh? Yeah. A lot of big free agents. Pat Brisson, you know, close contact. Who knows? Don't even want Jack Eichel, but that'd be crazy if you get it, you know, traded to Montreal. He's got the yeah. hernia disc. Don't trust it. Never, never been seen before. I don't want him, but we'll see where he gets traded. Anyway, enough about Jack Eichel. We'll see you guys in the next episode. Yeah. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you later. <gasps> Roll the outro music. Roll it.